Blog Talk Radio. We live. We live. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One. It's Page One with Lavar and Mary. With Lavar and Mary. Blog Talk Radio Nation, coast to coast and around the world. You are tuned into page one with LaVar and Mary for this Friday night. It is January 26th, 2024. This is the last show for the month of January, uh, as this time next week we will be beginning the month of February. Full in Aquarius season. <laughs> Hope that all of you are doing well. Hope that all of you are staying either warm and or dry, because it seems to be either raining or snowing or something else a little bit of everywhere. Uh, and I welcome in my wonderful friend, Mary. How are you? I'm good. Running around the kitchen. You know how that goes. Of course. <laughs> but no, uh, um, yeah, it was raining here in Vegas. Not a couple days ago. Like, actually. Yeah, and I think we are having a flash flood watch until Monday here um, in the Chicagoland area and parts thereof. Uh, because with snow, once rain comes and then that melts away, now you have the whole thing of floods. So <laughs> we really, do, I, I really don't understand how there's a drought when you guys have like too much. So you put it on a train, bring it out west, we'll take it. Put it to refrigerated boxcars, is that what you're saying? <laughs> Doesn't even have to be refrigerated. Just has to be sealed. We can treat it here. Pipeline's done. Trust me, I think if we would, we could. If there was a faster way, we could. Uh, unfortunately, we can't. You would even think that you might be able to tap into the uh, the ocean a little bit, because that's closer to you than here. <laughs> Yeah, but the desalination takes way too much time. I'm talking about, like, just regular old, you guys got it, freshwater rain. Like, scoop the snow into a tra- uh, into a tanker truck, let it melt on its way over. I, I don't see how they don't do that. They can put it back into Lake Mead. Lake Mead can be refilled. Ta-da! They don't even have to take it all the way to Lake Mead. They can just dump it into the Columbia. That would cover up some of the things that was done in the 50s and 60s there. <laughs> I know, right? Like, how am I supposed to dump my dead body? <laughs> like, hey, you need a little, need a little bit of a cover-up over here. All that. <laughs> the drought is ruining all of our organized crime out here. Come on now. It's, 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 it's uncovering some things that we used to do in the dead of night. Yes. <laughs> Oh, Lordy. Not to say, now, Lake Mead is not full of dead bodies, folks. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Um, just okay. that it was. Just... You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, just saying that um, it is. Uh, it was kind of a good hiding place for some things that went down back then. 
probably even now. <laughs> Just saying. Kind of like the Hudson River and a few other places. But yes. Um, tonight, uh, this is kind of going to be an up and down night. Um, pretty much no major stories, but we do have potpourri tonight. I got quite a few stories out of that one, which we'll, we'll probably expound on and take a little time on. We'll take a look at what's trending. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we'll take a look at the Almanac uh, Retro Moment of the Week tonight. Um, we're trying to do something in real time here because I remember last week we had an After Dark segment. And I remember immediately afterwards, uh, Mary said that she wanted to kind of expound on that this week, but we, and we couldn't remember which story it was. <laughs> um, if I recall, I know we talked about the seven biggest mistakes that one could make after uh, sex, and then I think we also did the most asked sex questions of 2023. Um, I think it was that one, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Questions. Ah, Okay. I think it might have been that. Could it have been that? I don't remember. It, <laughs> I don't remember. It, it might have been. Uh, we could revisit it if we remember it. Uh, and if we have a little bit of extra time, I also have something from the Smoky Gun file. So we got quite a few things to cover tonight. Uh, I will also touch on. Uh, I will also touch on something tonight that I did mention online uh, yesterday uh, when we were kind of shocked with a little bit of uh, really sad news. Um, and um, I will uh, touch on that a little bit later. Uh, in the broadcast tonight and yeah that pretty much is our show um nothing major <laughs> nothing big nothing small uh most interesting thing that i read this week you know it's always so often that we get these it seems almost like either once a year uh, a couple of times a year and i have to almost look it back up again to make sure that it's not a repeat story because it's not um but once again, there's a company that's looking to see what you can do in regards to giving up your phone. This one, if you're willing to give up and ditch your device for a bit, you can win quite a sweet prize. The New York-based company Siggy's Dairy, which is known for its Icelandic-style yogurt, they are offering $10,000 to people who can stay away from their smartphones for an entire month. Uh, the company says on its website that we believe in the power of living a simpler life with fewer distractions. One of the biggest distractions in our lives today is our phone. He says that's why we're challenging you to give up your smartphone for a month as part of Siggy's digital detox program. Those interested in participating can sign up for the contest by submitting a 100 to 500 word essay explaining why you need a digital detox in your life and how it will impact you in a positive way. Participants must be 18 years old or older and sign up before the end of the day on January 31st. Ten lucky winners will be selected and notified via email and will receive the following. You will receive $10,000, a lockbox for your smartphone, a flip phone so you can still make calls, a prepaid SIM card for one month, and enough Siggy's yogurt for three months. You so, said yeah. it was only a 100 to 500-word essay down. There you go. So if you I can mean, do that. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I've got a, uh, what are you, a third party, yeah, but are you a general 
What are you? I don't know. Alpha? I don't know. I've got a 21-year-old that has grown up on technology, and they're looking at me like, wait, that's it? They're thinking about doing it. That's it. You go to Siggy's website. That's S-I-G-G-I apostrophe S. Siggy's Dairy. Uh, That's where you go. It's to their website. You got until January 31st. <laughs> so, so the twenty-one-year-old here, you know, is like, I didn't listen. You, it's a digital detox. You give up your cell phone for one month. I could do that, but why? No. <laughs> I got I could do that, but why? I could do that. Not either. sure. If, and you know what? I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you that I would not miss it. I would not miss it. Uh, I was going to say, I'm not sure I can still if it's stuff on the computer, can't I? I believe you can. It's a dig- well, it says digital detox, which is talking more about your phone. So, because we live a good portion of our life on our cell phones. You, if you look outside, everyone has their head down in a cell phone. People are almost getting run over by cars because they're looking down at their cell phone. You know, restaurants, people are looking down at their cell phones. So it's simply, I'm pretty sure the website will tell you more details, but according to this, it's a cell phone because they're giving you a, a flip phone. <laughs> Uh, and by the way, if any of you enter, I this might go and back you, and keep the flip phone. Right. I, I was I was going to get the most important thing out of the way because I was going to say if any of you get into this and you win, don't forget your local podcast host who told you about it. If you could slide him a few hundred, that would be extra nice. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 uh, asking for tips or money or anything, but we did give you the idea. Right. Right. I mean, public service, man. I kind of helped you out there. <laughs> That's awful. Just, just saying. <laughs> so, oh, and there was another interesting thing that I did read this week. Um, this one from the New York Post. You know, I guess we all have to be careful with our names. And, and when you're naming your kid, and if you kind of think up some things, I... I this is kind of one of those things where I thought it was an Onion article, but unfortunately it wasn't. Uh, it says, when naming a child, you might try and steer clear of any possible negative connotations. Uh, but sometimes it's easier said than done, especially if you accidentally overlook your child's future initials. A woman named Samantha recently went viral on TikTok for sharing how her name was, has drawn negative attention. Uh, especially as she's gotten older and started uh, operating in, you know, professional circles. So pretty much what happened, uh, she said clearly her parents didn't think about uh, email address conventions when she was born in the 90s. She began the clip by announcing that she was moving to another job soon, something that fills her with dread because of an issue that always arises when she changes workplaces. She says, I always have a tough conversation about how her name fits into a company email structure. Um, Her name is Samantha Hart. So if you are familiar with how most jobs do emails, uh, they usually use your first initial and last name, meaning that her email would be short. (laughs) (laughs) And she says, for the uninitiated, 
chart is a term for an unexpected, well, you know. Uh, That's uh, rule number one. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she said that she's had two professional jobs, and each time uh, it led to HR reaching out on her on both occasions. And she says they told her that her name didn't exactly fit the email structure, and what they behind it, they gave her a different structure for her email. To which she said, uh, I don't want an email that says chart. Fix it. Give me something else. Uh, she now wants to know if she should proactively reach out to her new job to let them know or make uh, or initiate the awkward conversation. And the response to her video was a flood of solidarity from fellow unfortunate name bearers. One whose name was Chris Littman, L-I-T-T-M-A-N. Um, that's Chris with a C. Ooh-woo. <laughs> huh? Uh, yes, yeah, so you know how that would come out of the email. And another one whose name was Samantha Wallow, which would be Swallow. <laughs> and the confession kept rolling in. Uh, one user said that they knew a Tiffany Estes, which would be Testes, and someone uh, named Roch, and she says her alias is R. Kelly. <laughs> um, and then there was also an unforgettable B. Allsman, which came out the Ballsman, <laughs> and also a Patrick Ecker, which would have came out T. Pecker. <laughs> so parents to be take note uh, of your child's name because it may affect their email. <laughs> nice. So yes, so that was the most interesting things that I read this week. <laughs> Luckily, we don't have that issue. <laughs> no, no. So, yes. No. Because mine, mine doesn't, there's not a lot of words. I, well, 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 let's back up. Well, also, my, my, my email address at work is not just my first initial and last name. <clears throat> it's my first name, period, last name at my job site. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so so yes. I don't have that issue. Yeah. So, luckily, we don't have that issue. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, but, yes, if you think about it and you go by first initial, last name, that is the issue that some people will have at their jobs. Uh <laughs> But that brings us to the Almanac, and this one's kind of a – we're going to go into really uh, this month and next month because we're uh, – next week is the last week. Like I said, that brings us into the end of January, beginning of February. Today, as with it being January 26th, I think I gave you guys the heads up last week, but uh, just to reiterate, today is National – Big Wig Day, which is the last Friday in January. Uh, it's also National Fun at Work Day, National Green Juice Day, and then it's National Peanut Brittle Day, uh, National Ooh. Spouses Day. Yeah. Tomorrow is Vietnam Peace Day, it is Holocaust Remembrance Day, National Seed Swap Day, it is National Chocolate Cake Day tomorrow. I'm down with 
Um, I was going to say, for those of you within the Midwest who are near Portillo's, uh, you can go and get yourself some chocolate cake from Portillo's or get yourself a chocolate cake shake. Um, and for those of you who do not know what a chocolate cake shake is, I'm pretty sure if you YouTube it, uh, you will see exactly what it is. <laughs> and this is not a chocolate shake, so you can't go to the winner's circle. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, that's a different chocolate uh, shake. <laughs> it's not a chocolate cake shake. <laughs> Uh, but that's a chocolate shake that you will pretty much uh, never forget. Um, tomorrow is also National Fruitcake Toss Day. I'm guessing <laughs> if you had a fruitcake and you had it since Christmas, it's time to toss that thing. Um, Sunday, January 28th, brings you National Gift of the Ladybug Day. It is uh, – Data Privacy Day or Data Privacy. Do you pronounce it data or data? Depends on what you're doing. Uh, well, it says data privacy, so I'm going to assume that it's uh, data, I would say not data. data on that one. I would say data on that one. When I yes. am collecting information to put into uh, an analysis, I call that data. No. That's data mining. Data mining is when that when I'm doing that, and then it's yeah, it's confusing. I use them interchangeably. <laughs> I'm so confused. Um, <laughs> the 28th is also National Blueberry Pancake Day. Uh, January 28th is National Kazoo Day. Ooh. Do you have your kazoo? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't have a kazoo right here. Ah. <laughs> Monday, <laughs> the last Monday of January, is National Bubble Wrap Day. I love bubble wrap. I absolutely <laughs> love bubble wrap. There should be a bubble wrap, like, uh, like fidget toy. <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I've sent Mary a, a package in the mail. I was going to say, you're, you're really going to love the bubble wrap that I put in there. <laughs> I like bubble wrap better than the big air pillow whatever those are called. No, this one's like a big piece. It was the one lone last thing that I had, which was like, a, it was like these giant bubbles in the bubble wrap. Uh, those mm -hmm. things will make some noises. So you'll probably love those. Um, <laughs> and it's also National Corn Chip Day on the 29th. Uh, National Puzzle Day. Puzzles. I like puzzles. Mm-hmm. So you can have some puzzles, like eat some corn chips, and pop some bubble wrap. <laughs> Down. So far, you that is like the best day ever. What day is that again? Uh, that is on Monday, the 29th. Then I got work. <laughs> do it all at work. Do it all at work. Yeah, while I'm, while I'm sitting on the floor in my office. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then Tuesday... It is National Plan for Vacation Day. Already doing it, that. Yeah. And it is also National Croissant Day. Croissant. I did, I did the fancy pronunciation. And then on Wednesday the 31st, it is Inspire Your Heart with Art Day. It's National Backward Day. I'm kind of sad that uh, <laughs> we're not having this show on the 31st. Huh? <laughs> I'm not. We did it once, but it was so hard to do. 
for those of you who um, have listened to this show, uh, if you remember our infamous National Backward Day show where we did the show from the end all the way to the beginning, uh, it was definitely an interesting show. <laughs> it was um, hard to pull. <laughs> it keeps straight. It's like, wait, what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much we started with the shout-outs, the ending credit, the ending song, the shout-outs, and then I think we did – uh, like some closing stories, and we went to yeah the trending, and then some other stories, and then it went to the retro moment of the week, and it was kind of like we went backwards. Uh, <laughs> not too mm-hmm. bad. Not too bad. Uh, it is also <laughs> National Hot Chocolate Day on January thirty first. Hot chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> and then follow with me here. On February 1st, which is next Thursday, it's National Dark Chocolate Day. Ooh. Love me some dark chocolate. Do you don't, get, don't get don't yeah. get don't get weird on me. How you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go and get weird on me. All right. Uh, it is also Optimus Day, I think. As in Prime? Um, yeah. First Thursday of February. Uh, February 1st is also, yeah, well, it's National Texas Day, but we're skipping that. Um, <laughs> it's, also, <laughs> it's National it's National Get Up Day on February 1st. Uh, National Baked Alaska Day. National Serpent Day. National Freedom Day. And then next Friday, to give you guys a heads up, next Friday is National Tater Tot Day. It is Bubblegum Day. It is okay. National Heavenly Hash Day. It is <laughs> National Wear Red Day. And it is Groundhog Day. And it is okay. Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> Bad joke. Early spring. Early spring. Early spring. <laughs> we hope so. Um. Uh, yeah. We do hope so. We hope so. Early spring. Yeah. Early spring. <laughs> if not, uh, that groundhog's going to have a price on its head, probably. But uh, yes, that's what's coming up uh, here throughout the week. Um, so, well, that's that's pretty much it. So, actually, we're ahead of schedule, which kind of scares me. Um, by the way, in February. <laughs> there isn't a lot that's like that needs explanation for the almanac. Normally there's something that's like, what do you mean by that? But like, I, we don't have that happening right now. Nope. I'd like to think that was pretty straightforward. <laughs> pretty straightforward. I will say though, to give you a heads up though, the first Saturday of February is ice cream for breakfast day. Now that's what I'm talking about. Why are you holding out on me? Sorry. What's your favorite ice cream? Oh, hey. Um, I am all for it. <laughs> okay. So what's your favorite? What would you have for breakfast on ice cream for breakfast day? Uh, which flavor or what would I have it on? 
uh, both. Let's do what flavors. I guess I would with? have it since since the closest thing to a cone is the waffle. I would have it on a waffle, and I guess I would probably do like a kind of um, simple flavor, like a vanilla, and then that way I can kind of add like some either chocolate or like some type of like fruit to it. And um, oh, tell me, you did not just describe having that breakfast? <laughs> the banana split waffle. Hello. Yep. I know. I know. So I, I was good. getting there. So good. <laughs> yes, you can do that. You know, it's a shame. I don't know of any other restaurants that would probably do something like that. And I think that well, that would that should be on a menu at every restaurant. <laughs> it should be. It should be. It should be. It was so good. Um, <laughs> to fill in everyone, basically, what happened was we. Uh, I I came to visit, and uh, we went to breakfast when I got there. And I got to have what they called a banana split waffle, and it was basically a waffle and a banana split, and it was delicious. And I would have it in a heartbeat again if I could. It was very, very good. I ate all of it, and I'm not usually one to eat, like, a lot of food. I'm I'm, I'm one of those weird, like, what do you call them, little rabbits? I'm a rabbit. I eat, mm-hmm. I eat nibbles. I nibble. <laughs> well, that, that too, but that's what he said. No, but I nibble. Um, so, like, I'm, I'm not usually one to eat large plates of food, and and this, I ate basically all of it. I think there was maybe a little bit left. And then I also had a side of bacon because, well, it's bacon. Like, everybody should have bacon. Yes, everyone should have bacon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have it on everything. Oh, quick note, though. I wanted to kind of update you all on a story. Last week we talked about that $200 weekly date night pass that was offered by Applebee's and included up mm-hmm. to $30 in food per week for a year. It sold out on Monday in just one minute, according to wow. a spokesperson. Uh, it gives up to a $30 discount on food, non-alcoholic drinks, 52 times between February 1st and January 31st of next year. It can only be used once per 24-hour period. The demand was so high that the restaurant's website temporarily crashed when it went up for sale. According to the Applebee's website, the number of passes available for purchase was extremely limited. The company has not said how many passes were sold. Uh, according to a statement, they said, if we've learned one thing from our Applebee's date night pass, it's that our guests are hungry for date night at Applebee's. We're always looking for ways to make date night special for our guests. Thank you for our fans or to our fans for our interest in their date night pass. The response far exceeded their expectations as the pass is sold out in one minute. And many users on social media were disappointed in the limited availability, which the restaurant said was worth up to $1,500. Um, so... How could you get upset, though? If something's limited, you're not going to get it. <laughs> well, I guess my dumb question, how much was it? I believe the passes were, it was, uh, you know what? That's a very, it was a $200, it was $200 weekly, uh, I think it's 200 bucks. So that's not so bad. So $200 to get. 30 bucks, like a meal, basically, 
like eat keep lady um <laughs> yeah i yeah i don't like applebee's but that's for someone who does that makes sense See? so yeah i mean i'm not surprised they got press out of it and it sold out <laughs> so, so yes. then we go back to if you do end up winning the ten thousand dollars <laughs> So if you guys win that ten grand and you want to go to Applebee's every week, there you go. (laughs) Um, So yes, Um, but no, that was uh, yeah. That's the follow up on that story. So that's pretty cool. Um, Which brings us now to the halfway point of the show. There is two things I kind of wanted to of note, um, not to be too maudlin. Uh, two things of note to uh, talk about this week. Uh, one, um, I'll talk about kind of later in the show because it's more on a personal level. Um, but the first one, uh, not really so. But for those of you uh, here in the U.S. who are uh, journalism fans or uh, watched a lot of TV here, uh, we kind of marked a little bit of a uh, some sad news this week. Uh, longtime CBS uh, host on both TV and radio, Charles Osgood, passed away at the age of 91. If you uh, at any point listen to either a radio or you watch Sunday morning, uh, Charles Osgood took over that uh, spot from another Charles, Kuralt, uh back in 94. And for, I think, Charles Osgood, he had been with CBS News for a lot of years, <laughs> um, known mostly for his trademark bow tie, which he also uh, wore. Uh, he was both the known for hosting Sunday morning, like I said, for 22 years, uh, hosted the Osgood file on the radio from 1971 up until 2017. Uh, he was also known for being the narrator of Horton Hears a Who, which was released in 2008. Um, and he, uh, did you watch Horton Hears a Who? <laughs> oh, I love Horton uh, Hears a Who. I, I, I just, I'm still shocked at how far, how long ago that was. Right. Uh, but he moved over to CBS Radio in 1967 and became what we called a poet in residence. Um, uh, he was known for his style of either rhyming or, uh, just, to the point words in which uh, he was probably, in my mind, uh, a couple of their best writers besides Charles Corral over there on CBS. Um, sad to hear about that uh, at the age of 91. Before we head out tonight to our retro moment of the week, uh, what I will do is I will play a quick little quote uh, or that he talked about, about life, uh, which, oddly enough, kind of fits for what's going on now, but it was um, something that he had done uh, many years ago, and I guess it kind of fits now with the now that he is no longer here, but uh, a tip of the hat to Charles Osgood uh, as we head out to Retro Moment of the Week. We'll do that, and then we will be back tonight, uh, Potpourri Night here on the program. We've got quite a few stories to cover. Uh, We'll have that on the other side, but first you're listening to page one with LaVar and Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. And here's some words from Charles Osgood before we head to that. <laughs> 
Man is mortal. This is true, and that applies to women, too. To each of us, to those we love, and to our dearest friends, at some point, human life begins, and at some point, it ends. We don't know when. Life is dispensed in differing amounts. But it is not how long we've lived. It's how we've lived that counts. Death, like life, is natural and not to be afraid of. If you love life, guard well your time. For time's the stuff life's made of. One of the first things we tell our players is to keep in touch with their families. And when our freshmen first arrive, we ask them to write a postcard home right then. You know, we keep them pretty busy, but they always have time to pick up the phone and call. And it's real important to keep in touch. Have you called your mama today? I sure wish I could call mine. Reach out and touch someone. Here's to good friends. Tonight is kind of special. The beer will pour. Must say something more somehow. So tonight, tonight. Let it be Lord Brown. Let it be Lord Brown. It's been so long. He I'm glad to see you. Raise your glass. Gives you health and happiness. So tonight, tonight, let it be over there. When you're with good friends having good times, don't just have a beer. Have a low and brown. Because good friends and good times deserve the taste of a great beer. And there's really only one, low and brown. Tonight, let it be low and brown. You're listening to Page One. Page One. With LeVar and Mary. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. Welcome back to page one with LaVar and Mary on this Friday night, January 26th. So happy that you could be with us. Um, so every once in a while, I know, you know, it seems like stories kind of come together or we we might have talked about them in some way or form. Uh, but this past week, uh, a story that I'm pretty sure that we have covered on this show at one point or another has come back again. This one's centering around Florida. Florida's Republican-led House overwhelmingly passed legislation on Wednesday that would create some of the strictest social media uh, prohibitations in the country by cutting off anyone under 16 years old from many platforms. And still pending approval in the Senate, the proposal was a top priority of Republican Speaker Paul Renner on his conservative agenda to safeguard children in the state alongside a bill curbing access to adult websites, which lawmakers also passed on Wednesday. The social media restrictions would put Florida in line with several other states attempting to crack down on minors using, quote, addictive apps they consider harmful to mental health, but may also open up the state uh, to an eventual lawsuit for major tech firms. Um, according to Representative Fiona McFarland, a Republican from Sarasota, and co-sponsored the legislation, she said on the House floor on Wednesday that, quote, 
These dopamine hits from social media are so addictive, it's like a digital fentanyl. Uh, And even with the most plugged-in parent or attuned teen has a hard time shutting the door against these addictive features. Uh, The social media legislation, Florida HB 124R, would require many platforms to prohibit anyone younger than 16 from creating an account and require them to use a third party for age verification services. At the same time, it calls on social media companies to terminate accounts for users in the state under 16. Now, Florida's proposal notably would not apply to websites that are predominantly used for email, messaging, or text, along with streaming services, news, sports, or entertainment sites, and online shopping or gaming. Still, the legislation has caused confusion about which companies will be covered under the law, which they haven't mentioned. Uh, An attempt to clarify what apps are actually targeted, lawmakers added new language outlawing platforms with, quote, addictive, harmful, or deceptive design features that are meant to grab users and keep them engaged. Uh, These definitions proved too weak for some Democrats, leading to questions surrounding the fate of specific platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and YouTube. Officials with Meta, the owner of Facebook and Instagram, claim that the amendment only muddled the legal waters of the bill, and they believe that the company would fall outside its scope. Uh, Pretty much lawmakers carrying the bill, meanwhile, refused to name a single social media app that would be banned under the proposal, saying during a Tuesday floor session that they were, quote, not going to get into specific companies. Uh, The Republican leaders contend that the social media restrictions are meant to curb serious issues plaguing children across the state, including cases of bullying, depression, social pressure, and even suicide tied to accessing social media. Uh, The legislation would open the door for parents to take legal action against social media companies that don't take down children's accounts, including the possibility of landing up to $10,000 in damages and court fees. Opponents have slammed the legislation for not giving parents more of a say in the decision. They contend a wholesale social media ban will restrict access to friendships and resources that many children and teens hold dear, possibly even causing minors who earn money as influencers to lose out. You know, uh, there are other states, too, uh, but Florida's legislation appears to be stronger than laws that were passed in other states recently, such as Utah, where a new policy requires social media companies to receive parental consent before minors under 18 can open or maintain an account. Uh, their social media regulations set to take effect in October are being challenged in court, and that same trade group, uh, NetChoice, opposes the Florida proposal. There's, I think, also on the book something in Texas that was uh, talked about last year. But uh, we've talked about this numerous times in regards to uh, teenagers on social media. Should it be the states that, quote, step in now and control what you should? This is what kills me about this. They don't want to be told about other things, but they want to tell you, hey, that kid under 16, we don't trust him to be on social media. Right. So uh, what do you think about this new law in Florida? Okay. Where, where, where to start on that is a good, this is a good question. Um, I get what they're trying to do, and it's, it's a noble thought, um, and I believe that a – um, what they said about even the pl- most plugged-in parents could miss the signs, and, and it's true. It, it's a, it's a slippery slope to start. It's a slippery slope to to be on, and I get where they're going. The problem lies in the vagueness of the law. 
Um, if you are not going to be specific about what you consider, you know, what is considered, you know, okay, define a minor. Okay, now you're now you're putting age groups. Um, define where you're at. I'm sorry, a savvy kid right now could easily VPN out and be like, okay, well, I'm actually in um, uh, Tallahassee, or not Tallahassee, that's Florida, uh, but I'm in, you know, in, in, in Georgia instead of Florida. Um, I, I live with my grandparents who live up in Illinois, you know, or whatever. Um, so even a savvy kid could easily do that. Uh, it, it's just, there's so, it's a hard place to be, and it, it really does come down to. And, and I hate to say this, but I understand the point of it. But parents really need to just get in there, and and lock it down. Now, do the companies need to be able? I think companies need to like because they all have usually some kind of age restriction rule in place. They really need to crack down on that as well um, and maybe make that more clear. But it's all about being vague, and that's what people end up taking advantage of or, in this case, end up targeting people or companies specifically. YouTube can turn into, like, I can shop through YouTube, you know, or whatever. Um, is that right? No. Is that what they're meaning to do? No. But can it be done? You know, if they if they know, hey, this is where this is going to be, then they'll protect what they're using to make money. It, it, it's not a it's not a clean answer, and it's not a clean bill. So, on top of that, you're looking at Republicans versus Democrats and everything else. It's not going to be pretty, and that's just unfortunate because I I get where they're trying to go. I don't think states should be the ones to regulate that. But then I also understand, you know, there's a consumer bias there. You need to be able to protect that bias. It's just I don't trust politicians, I guess, is where it comes down to, you know. I am not a crook. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, I don't know. It's just like here we are once again where it's kind of like hypocritical because I don't know because it's one of those things where, first of all, government's not going to say exactly. It's almost like we're not going to tell you which sites. We're going to pass this law. But all this stuff's okay, and it's pretty much your – we already know what you're going to aim at. You're going to aim at social media sites. Uh, you're going to be aiming at uh, sites in which now that is how even some younger people who are supposedly, because everybody thinks that they are, that they are, uh, you know, uh, these popular people on the web and they make their money that way. Um the influencer generation and now you're saying that they can't have it at least in Florida um, and as you say it's to me it's kind of telling parents well you guys aren't doing your job so we're going to step in and tell your kid what they should have 
if it starts at that, what's next? <laughs> um, right. That's what I kind of worry about because if you're telling them that they can't do that and you take them away from that, and in some cases and in a lot of cases, granted, yes, just as with everything, and especially in this growing age in which we are getting used to social media and the internet and how it grows and how there are good things about it and how there are bad things about it. Um, You know, we're trying to make this whole evil that it's pointed to that, but the stuff that's happening on social media is the same stuff that's happening within the schools. It just carries over to social media. So if you stop it there, how are you okay? Are you going to stop it in the schools as well? It happens right. in the hallways. <laughs> you know, separation of church and state or something silly and be like, no, well, we can't do that, but we can do this. It's like, which parent, you know, who hurt you? Is it, <laughs> I keep coming back, who hurt you? Right. Because that's, that's what it feels like. It's like somebody hurt you and that's why you want to make this law. And Again, I, it's not that it's I, – I get what they're trying to do. It's just not a good – I don't think that's the best way around it, I guess, is where I'm at. Yeah, I don't either. It's it's not. By taking it away, now you're going to make it worse. And I feel it's going to get worse in some way um, by taking it away from the computer screen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and who's to say on YouTube – that someone can't, and I know that you're not going to start doing your dirt on YouTube, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So you could stop one area of it. You're not going to stop it in other areas. <laughs> and for everything that comes out, there's always a way around it. You know, all they have to do is just develop an app with any app and be like, hey, we cover the exact same thing that you said. Let me look at uh, TikTok now. TikTok has mm-hmm. become a live, you know, version. You could do other different things within TikTok now. They could say, hey, we're kind of on the same thing as a YouTube. So where does it start? Where does it end? Um, and I just don't know uh, with growing social media. And even then, who's to say that your problem is people under 16? Might we say it might be 13 and under? You know, right? where did you choose the under 16? You know, and who's to say on 16-year-olds that they don't shoulder a lot of things that happen to those under 16? So where does it begin? Where does it end? It's a very slippery slope, and that's the problem. That, that in therein lies the issue. And that's like what I said. I just don't trust politicians to write something that one makes sense and then two is what is doing what they are intending it to do it's always about the intent it's like i get what you're trying to say but if i'm going to go by the letter of the law what you're saying and what you're trying to say are two different things and you can't come to me and say well i was trying to say this well that's not what you said Mm -hmm. so I don't care what you were trying to say. That's not what you said. Right. 
No, I agree. Uh, this will be interesting, especially, I, I think, too, um, with a lot of this, uh, especially as we head toward elections, a lot of younger people are going to be keeping their eyes on, you know, uh, things like this. And I'm interested to see what younger people think in regards to um, this, I don't want to say an invasion of <laughs> what they do, but it, it's, you know, it, it's like we want to have like an automatic blame of society's ills. I don't think uh, social media is where we're starting. Uh, is it a part of it that needs to probably be fixed? Yes. But I think that there is a few other things out there, <laughs> uh, especially some things that adults are doing, and it's being shown on TV every day. <laughs> but, hey, what do I know? Uh, but we will definitely be keeping our eye on that because that's something that definitely I think over the next year as we especially uh, have more battles in states that don't want TikTok uh, and are making it election issues and are trying to hit at, you know, certain bases and certain people uh, that they are against it. Uh, it is becoming quickly an issue in regards to, quote, keeping kids safe. Quite honestly, I think you're kind of barking up the wrong tree. There's a lot of other issues right now <laughs> in regards to keeping our kids safe. And I'm not going to start on that tonight. Not the time nor the platform for it. Um, we've got other things to worry about with keeping our kids safe. Um Social media is a small percentage compared to the things that a lot of kids have to deal with uh, outside of school and sometimes within school. So just saying. Um, Speaking of social media, Instagram will start using, quote, nudges to start suggesting that teens log off at night. The feature is part of Meta's suite of uh, parental controls, which have been scrutinized as the company has tried to reassure users that its platforms are safe for minors. Uh, they announced the new nighttime nudges feature, and the notification will pop up if a teen spends more than 10 minutes on Instagram and its Reels or Direct Messages features late at night. Meta wrote in a blog post that it is introducing the tool because, quote, sleep is important, particularly for young people. Nighttime notifications are the latest feature to be introduced in Meta's suite of parental controls. The company first announced in June that it was developing new features to help parents manage their children's screen times and activity on its platforms. The company has been gradually introducing more of these tools over the past six months. They announced January 9th that it would restrict what minors see on their Facebook and Instagram feeds. The new settings will reduce the amount of sensitive content that teens and children are exposed to on its apps. The social media giant has been the subject of consistent scrutiny over its products' effects on young people. And, of course, it's been hit with lawsuits from state attorneys uh, over its lack of protections of young users. A bipartisan group of 33 attorneys general sued Meta in October, accusing it of targeting children with addictive features. And in a lawsuit in December, New Mexico's attorney general accused it of being, quote, a breeding ground for child sexual abuse. Uh, Meta previously stated that it has developed more than 30 tools and resources to support teens and their parents in order to create safer experiences on its platform. Um, what do you think of them adding that tool? I mean, not like people are going to, really pay attention to it, I think, late at night. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I mean, okay. Again, we go back to teens and parents. There's a thing you can do, and it's called talking. Like, just 
pay attention. Not only pay attention, but try. That's the that's the thing. Like Kiddo and I had this discussion about um, just why she feels comfortable with some mm-hmm. of the things that I say and feels comfortable enough to basically call me on my stuff. And that's because I made that made that opportunity available to her. I said, Hey, this is what I think. This is what I believe. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to telling me the truth. But then the other side of that is I have to be willing to be open and listen and try. And those are the things I, again, I try to do. I try to understand, help me understand, help me do these things. If parents do that, then it's a lot easier for you to talk to your teen or your, like mine is 21, um, even younger, like tweens, you could talk to them and be, instead of yelling and screaming and making it a fight, you can be like, listen, you need your sleep. And I get that you want to be on, but at this time is when we need to shut off the electronics because it's just going to ruin your brain. You're going to, you're going to, it's going to ruin your sleep cycle. It's going to ruin your mood. It's going to ruin all these things. And then try to understand why they're on. You don't need an app or a feature or a device telling you to go to bed. <laughs> right. It just, yeah. So if this was a yay or nay kind of thing, I would totally be like, nay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, who's going to really pay attention to it? I mean, you're going to add it. You're adding it just to shut some of these parents up. But, you know, <laughs> is it really going to help? I mean, if you're in bed and your kid has their phone right there at 1 o'clock, it's not going to stop them from doing uh, Instagram Live or, you know, being on with some friends or, you know, chatting across the platform at all. <laughs> so, no, it's no, it's not going to help. It's It's pointless. <laughs> Pointless, pointless, pointless. Um, we're in the middle of a potpourri night tonight here on page one, but I want to kind of get to what's trending because there's a lot of things that are trending tonight. Um, one of the things, I know uh, my dear friend Mary, who uh, religiously follows the University of Michigan football team, uh, <laughs> they have... You make it. Huh? <laughs> you make it. I mean, I mean, it is, but that's still beside the point. <laughs> Uh, but uh, as we know, this past week, head coach Jim Harbaugh left to become coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. The University of Michigan has hired offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. I'm going to get his name wrong. Is it Sharon Moore or is it Sharon Moore? Yes. Uh, as their next head coach. Uh, I'm probably. <laughs> yeah, he served as their acting head coach during four games during the season where he went 4-0. Of course, defeating Bowling Green, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. Um, so that is trending. One of the other things that was trending this evening was Microsoft Teams because for a while this evening, uh, there was an outage uh, that blocked access for some and led to what Microsoft called multiple issues for many users. The issues began around 11 a.m. Eastern time and grew rapidly in scope. And according to the outage tracker down detector, Users complained of an inability to access the service, delays in sending and receiving messages, and issues displaying graphics. 
Um, so at 1.30 Eastern, the company reported that the backup transition was complete for Europe, Africa, and the Middle East, and that its tracking systems were showing improvements. Uh, but the backup switchovers for North and South America were still ongoing. Um, so keeping an eye on that one, especially if you head back to work on Monday, if Microsoft Teams is back working. Uh, also trending tonight, uh, SmackDown. It's Friday night. It is the last uh, SmackDown before uh, the Royal Rumble, which is tomorrow night. Uh, WWE Chairman Vince McMahon is also trending because of uh, some allegations against him. Of, uh, and I know they're saying that he has uh, now officially resigned from WWE and USC parent company TKO Group Holdings, uh, that coming from uh, Deadline News. So that's happening tonight. Uh, e. Jean Carroll is also uh, trending tonight uh, in her trial with Donald Trump. Uh, that case, of course, in which he was uh, found guilty of uh, defamation, and he was forced by a jury this evening to pay her $83.3 million. Um, wow. I could see a lot of delays happening on that one. <laughs> uh, but yes, former President Trump ordered to pay E. Jean Carroll $83.3 million from that court case. Uh, also trending with WWE tonight is Slim Jim. Uh, a Slim Jim... Uh, has dissolved its advertising relationship with WWE in the wake of the Vince McMahon story. Um, Slim Jim saying in a statement that they value integrity and respect in all of its partnerships. Given the recent disturbing allegations against Vince McMahon at this time, they decided to pause their promotional activities within WWE. The decision reflected their commitment to the brand values and responsibility to their community and that they will continue to monitor the situation and base their future engagements on their values on what's best for the brand. Uh, a long-time uh, sponsor and uh, things with that. So, yes, uh, Slim Jim. Um, and Luka Doncic is trending tonight uh, versus Atlanta. Uh, he, had, he scored 73 points tonight uh, in Dallas's game, and that is uh, kind of a special mark because there have been two 70-point games here within the last five days. If you remember, uh, Joel Embiid at the Philadelphia 76ers scored 70 points against San Antonio just a few nights ago. Uh, that is the fastest, uh, the shortest time between such occurrences in NBA history. The previous shortest was a 14-day uh, span. Both was done by Wilt Chamberlain um, November 3rd uh, through the 16th in 1962. So, 73 points for him tonight. Um, and I love this one in a way. Uh, as we all know, um, Dark Brandon is interesting. <laughs> if you are not familiar with that, that is the name that they've given to Joe Biden when he kind of shows like a more uh, spicier side. And um, there was a tweet that went out, which is hilarious. Uh, it was from a website or a Twitter site 
called Biden-Harris HQ. And it was on top of a CNN report where it said that the person close to Trump said that he was rattled by President Biden and his campaign's efforts to get under his skin. Biden campaign aides have said the taunting will keep up. And from the official page of the president, it was two words, and it said, be best. (laughs) (gasps) So, yes. Uh, Which, which, hey, (laughs) got to love it. Um, And it's only late January, and we've got how many months until Election Day? Save us all. Ferris, save us all. <laughs> or, or, as, or a better way of saying uh, what that was, it pretty much was... Oh, my. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, my. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so that's a look at what's trending here tonight. Uh, I wanted to get to a couple of more stories on the potpourri here. Um as we're at the top of the hour, thanks so much for listening to Page Four with LeVar and Barry on this Friday night. Um, so I read this interesting uh, story I heard about it this week, and I think all of us have encountered this at one point or another. Uh, this comes from the website Bon Appetit, uh, <laughs> and it was from there, Too Afraid to Ask, uh, Colin, I wish they were answering food-related questions. And this has to, once again, have to deal with a Seinfeld episode, the popular TV series. Um, and the uh, show entitled The Implant, George Costanza, a character on the show, was at a party, and he double-dipped a chip at a wake and was razzed by a young man named Timmy who told him that it's like putting your whole mouth right to dip. Uh, so they asked uh, Dr and a food scientist, about that. He's a food scientist at South Carolina's Clemson University. And they wanted a real-world research example so that uh, they could teach the students how to conduct studies. So uh, they put that to the test. Uh, dunking a carrot into a bowl of hummus, taking a bite, then dunking again, it's almost enough when you're by yourself. Uh, it's your carrot, your hummus. But who hasn't double-dipped from the comfort of their own couch? But in social settings, Double dipping has long been the subject of debate. Uh, as one etiquette expert said, nobody cares what you do at home, but if you're eating guacamole alone, then have at it. But once other people are involved, the rules of etiquette apply. Uh, the way we behave in public sends signals to those around us, and double dipping makes people nervous. He said, he said I don't want your mouth for the food I'm about to eat. To him, double dipping creates trust issues. <laughs> Scientifically, though, uh, was Timmy right in scolding George for double dipping at the wick? Absolutely, said Dawson, who conducted various experiments with his students to study the germ trail left behind by double dippers, like measuring the bacteria left behind after dipping bitten crackers into various dips. There were between a hundred and a thousand times the number of bacteria transferred to the dip when a chip was bitten before dipping compared to when with the chip was dipped without biting first. Uh, so here's what you need to know about double dipping. Uh, what are the health risks associated with it? The primary concern with double dipping resolves around a potential transfer of oral bacteria and saliva from an individual's mouth communal dip uh, via some sort of dunking vessel. Uh, 
He says the mouth is home to a number of bacteria that are perfectly normal. Uh, that said, not everything lurking between your molars is quite as benign. Streptococcus, depending on the species, is common and can cause cavities. There are also oral bacteria and viruses in the mouth that can spread via saliva, citing meningitis, pneumonia, influenza, and more. COVID falls into the category, too. Um, so they found that the practice does transfer bacteria from mouth to dip, and initially students assessed the bacterial transfer from a cracker to a cup of plain water. They found that the chopped cracker dipped into the water yielded approximately 1,000 more bacteria per milliliter than an unbitten cracker. Uh, there's a lot more to that study, which is quite interesting, but it talks about uh, should you be worried, but there's no definitive science to prove that double dipping is unsafe or harmless, but um, as they say, it's something that you probably don't want to do too often. <laughs> Where do you stand, young lady, on double dipping? <laughs> Um, do I do it or where do I stand if somebody else does it? Are you, are you like confessing to something? No, I'm asking if that was it. I'm not. <laughs> okay. I'm a germaphobe. So it doesn't even matter. It didn't matter if it came on Seinfeld. I see somebody eat something and then put their mouth and put it back into the dip. Unless it's Morgan, unless it's kiddo, unless it's my child, which the bacteria that she has ends up everywhere anyway, and it's probably the same bacteria as mine. Um, that's the only person right now, I think. There's one other person. I can handle having their bacteria intermingle with my bacteria. Um, I don't actually even think about it as bacteria as much as, like, just, I guess, cleanliness. But um, at home, I I tend to double dip, but then I also tend to scoop out of the dip and put it into a different container. And right. if I want to double dip, then I'm I'm licking the container, you know, like that's that's mine. And I will stab up <laughs> I'm gonna swear. I'm gonna stab a bitch if you come off your right stuff. <laughs> <laughs> In a social setting, I usually end up emptying into a container if there is a like i'll ask for a spoon or i'll take the first carrot or chip or whatever and use that to move dip from one container to a container that is all mine and i can double dip all i want and if i see other people doing that as well then i have no judgment if i see somebody going to a dip at a party and just putting stuff in and then eating it and then putting stuff in and, nope, dip's contaminated. I, you obviously claim that dip for yourself. I guess I can't have any. And I know that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> that's, that's my take on it. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, there was – here's the thing. I, don't, I think what they should do at parties – do you remember those uh, little um, – those wooden – sticks that used to come with the ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the little like single ton- ice creams. They should just have like a small little container of those off to the side. And if you feel that on a chip or on something else that you're going to add additional stuff, just take that and I'd rather you take that and use it. Don't lick it, but just take that and use it on the same chip. Or like you said, take a spoon, get a little plate, Put some of the dip on a little plate for yourself, and then that way you can double dip away. 
But exactly. no, don't don't double dip, man. Even and, and people get offended if you call them out on it. <laughs> like I don't yeah. know where your mouth like, has been. <laughs> I'm not even mad about it. I'm not saying that you're dirty. I'm just saying I don't want to share. Right. It's not even a dirty kind of thing. It's me saying if if I don't want to put my if I don't want to tongue kiss you, I don't want to eat the same food that you're eating. Now, I'll share food, but that's also in that weird, it's going to sound weird, because I know we had that conversation about shared food, but mm-hmm. I don't eat off the same fork as somebody that I'm sharing food with. I hand the plate over, I let them cut off a piece, and then, right. okay, if I don't want to tongue kiss you, I don't want to have your germs in mine. Not that you're awful. It's I just don't. It, I don't want to tongue kiss you. <laughs> That's um, where it is. <laughs> I, I I agree. I agree. So yes, for those of you out there who like to double dip, um, everybody really likes more though. I think everybody's kind of away from that. There's some people that don't mind, still do it, and they don't see anything wrong with it. Um, yeah, for oh. those of you, yeah, I know. For those of you who don't think that that's an issue, stop it. Get some help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so Please just... just say no. <laughs> you know, earlier, uh, Mary um, had mentioned Valentine's Day, and um, so the cost of love in 2024, as some were saying, is enough to break your heart. A new report reveals the precise amount Americans feel pressured to spend on their special someone this Valentine's Day, and that price tag could hurt. A survey from consumer review site Trustpilot found that the cost of Valentine's Day 2024 will average out to a spendy $157.52. Another report from Driver Research puts the total higher at $192, with dinner and drinks on February 14th running about $154. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the cost of the evening has climbed a national average of 5.2% year-over-year. And to pay for it, one in one in four coupled millennials said that they are fine racking up more credit card debt in order to make the night a special one, according to the Trustpilot survey. Uh, People were feeling under more pressure than ever before to splash out on loved ones, according to Trustpilot Chief uh, Customer Officer Alicia Skubik. Driver's data found that those who are in one- or uh, one-to-two-year relationships are the most susceptible to high prices. They will be dropping $247 on average, whereas those together for less than a year will be spending about $186. Those who have been at each other's sides for over 10 years will spend about $189. One in 10 say that they'll break up with their boo if there's no gift whatsoever, and 60% risk the dreaded silent treatment per trust pilot. Both a quarter of Generation Z and Millennials said that they're willing to sacrifice a cost of living expense like gas, food, or rent to be a romantic dream on February 14th, too, the same report showed. Uh, not that it's worth trouble. Driver noted nearly half of these people don't even like their gifts. And stay away from mixtapes. 
The data suggests that they're only well-received 13% of the time. At the same time, that cost-efficient lab-grown diamond wedding rings are soaring in popularity. Many couples are taking a more pragmatic approach to the greeting card holiday as well. Trustpilot noted 30% plan to skip Valentine's Day, while another highly benevolent 21% would rather their lovers spend the money on themselves. Um, I'm going to do this as a public service uh, for anybody that is listening to you tonight, uh, but uh, <laughs> what, what is your expectation for how much someone spends on you for Valentine's Day? A big fat zero. Um, I let's back that up. I'm not gonna be. Uh, I know, I know that someone wants to spend uh, some amount of moolah on the day. So I will, I will, I will be generous and say whatever a card costs. So, and it doesn't even have to be a Hallmark card that's like seventeen dollars. Like just that. Make it out of a folded piece of paper and do something nice like this. I'm more of a sentimental type. I I would actually like a mixtape. <laughs> what kind of music do you like? Because if it's not in line with mine, then that's going to be a problem. But yeah, I just send me a Spotify playlist. You know, that takes time. I'd rather have thought involved than money. You know, I don't need expensive gifts. So, zero. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but yeah, zero. I'm not. I'm not that kind of person. But you also know that I'm not that kind of person. So, there you go. I'm. At I'm least I think you knew. Huh? <laughs> I thought you knew that I'm not that kind of person. No, I know you. I know you aren't. Uh, I'm I'm like that too. I don't expect anybody to spend anything on me. It, it, I I I'm even like that around Christmas. Um, um, mm-hmm. I I don't expect anyone to do that. Um, and it's to me, you know, if I'm working, I could probably do that myself. Not I'm not gonna turn it down, but it's not an expected thing. And, and I was gonna say, especially. With money now and things rising in price, I really don't mm-hmm. want people to go to such uh, a huge deal uh, about anything. I'm grateful, but at the end of the day, no, I don't have that expectation to uh, uh, that there has to be a, a specific amount spent or I'm going to get mad if you don't do that. No, I'm not going to do that at all. So, um, nope, I'm good. Uh, smoking gun files tonight. Um, I'm trying to remember. Did we do one last week? No, we did not. We went we, straight to the dark segment. Yes, so we did not do that. So there's a few of them that I'm willing to share with you tonight. Uh, let's see. There is, let's see, Florida. <laughs> of course, Indi- Florida. Florida, Indiana, and Florida. Well, uh, well, here we go. So, uh, the first of the Soaking Gun Files uh, comes from Stewart, Florida. Upset that the sandwich had not been sliced into two pieces, a Subway customer allegedly threw the offending hero at a store clerk, striking her with the grub, according to police, who arrested the man for battery. Alberto de Barrios 
was collared following a confrontation at a Subway restaurant near his residence in Stewart, Florida. Subway worker Cassandra Pierre-Louis told sheriff's deputies that the burial's a licensed building contractor, quote, became upset with her after finding out that his sandwich was not separated, according to a probable cause affidavit. Following a brief verbal exchange, Pierre-Louis said that the burials began, quote, causing a disruptive scene after the subway worker announced that she would no longer be serving him. The sandwich was thrown at Ms. Pierre-Louis. The sandwich, which uh, struck her, quote, in her mid to lower body section, is not further described by investigators. When the burials left the restaurant, Pierre-Louis followed him outside and photographed his license plate, which led cops to his nearby uh, Purpose Circle townhouse. During questioning, he acknowledged, quote, being upset over his sandwich not being cut, adding that he, quote, believed he threw the sandwich at the counter instead of Miss Pierre-Louis. Store surveillance footage showed him swipe the sandwich off the counter, which subsequently strikes Miss Pierre-Louis. Now, he was arrested for battery, a misdemeanor, and booked into the Martin County Jail. He was released from custody after posting a $1,000 bond. He's scheduled for a February 1st arraignment over a sandwich. Or Good. you can go, <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> or we could go to Indiana where the Buffalo Wild Wings had closed late Sunday when Justin Carpenter pulled up to the Lawrence, Indiana restaurant around midnight looking for food, fried pickles to be exact. In an ill-advised bid to get the kitchen reopened, Carpenter proposed a barter exchange to the B-dubs employees, two of whom were minors, as alleged by police. Carpenter, quote, offered drugs to Buffalo Wild Wings workers in exchange for fried pickles. Carpenter, who was wearing an ankle monitor as a result of a prior drug arrest, offered marijuana, cocaine, ecstasy, and vape cartridges containing THC, according to workers interviewed by cops. Carpenter, accompanied by a male friend, reportedly declared, quote, if you make us some fried pickles, I'll make it worth it. Employees did not agree to the drugs for pickles trade. Carpenter departed to Buffalo Wild Wings. Before leaving, though, investigators charged that Carpenter left three small bags of marijuana on the restaurant's front counter and told a manager, give those bags to the kids. Police subsequently tracked his vehicle to a nearby Speedway gas station where he was taken into custody. Post-arrest searches of Carpenter and his car turned up marijuana, cocaine, oxycodone, Xanax, THC, uh, and scales containing a white powder. He was arrested on multiple felony and misdemeanor narcotics charges and booked into the county jail. According to court workers, he was also a defendant in two separate drug cases filed last year, which resulted in pretrial service officials outfitting him with that GPS ankle monitor. Uh, if he secures his release from custody, a judge has ordered him to have no contact with the Buffalo Wild Wings or its employees. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it gets worse. <laughs> it takes us back to Florida. Uh, of this, yes, this from Florida. Uh, moments after finding a lost cell phone in a Walmart bathroom, a Florida man used the device to call 911 and claim that there was a bomb in the store, according to police who said the suspect later confessed that he had previously seen TikTok videos showing similar fake threats and he decided, quote, to make one himself. 
Police responded Friday afternoon to a Walmart in Port Charlotte after a man called in a bomb threat to 911. When a police dispatcher dialed the number from which the threat was placed, the suspect said, tick-tock, tick-tock, before hanging up again, according to a police report. After the phone's owner told cops that he had left it in a store, a review of surveillance footage showed another man entering the bathroom moments before the 911 call was placed. The second man departed the store as police were arriving. Cops quickly identified the suspect as Cody Clemens, who lives uh, 10 miles from the Walmart. After being read his rights, Clemens reportedly copped to, quote, seeing the cell phone in the stall and decided to make a prank 911 call. He added that he had watched, quote, people on TikTok making those fake bomb threats and wanted to make one himself. According to the report, he stated he regrets his decision and realizes he made a bad decision. You think? He was charged with making a false report about planting a bomb or weapon of mass destruction, a second-degree felony. He was released from the county jail on $15,000 bond and has been ordered by a judge to have no contact with any Walmarts. He's scheduled for arraignment on February 12th. You think it's a bad idea? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But seriously, post nine eleven people, man. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Um, I really don't know. <laughs> um, so here's the thing: we're kind of at. Well, I've I've asked my friend if she had any old business that we needed. To, do you remember the story at all last week that no. we needed to? <laughs> no. Not even a little bit. She's over it. I said, I want to talk about more of this, and then it went right out my brain. And you know what's (laughs) going to happen? After this show is over tonight, she's going to tell me, oh, yeah, that was the story I went to talk about. So, yeah. So, at some point next week, we will try to have another After Dark conversation. We'll try to do a little bit After Dark next week, um, along with some other uh, topics. Um, before we get to shout outs tonight, um, yesterday I was online when I found out about, um, former adult actress, Jesse Jane, uh, Jesse, who was born Cindy Howell, uh, and was pretty much uh, one of the most popular uh, in the early 2000s, uh, one of the most popular adult stars. She distinguished herself pretty much as one of only the few adult stars to really transition into mainstream Hollywood. Um, I first saw her years ago on the Showtime Network series Family Business. Uh, When you first saw her, you could not get over how beautiful she was. Um, and she went on to win numerous awards within the adult industry uh, and be in numerous, um, like we said, mainstream things. Uh, she made a cameo appearance in the film Starsky and Hutch, uh, was on the cover of Drowning Pool's album Desensitize. Uh, she was on the HBO series Entourage. Uh, And in the reality series, The Bad Girls Club, she was in a CNBC documentary. Um, The sad thing was that um, she was found dead alongside her boyfriend at 
a home in Moore, Oklahoma, where she also resided. Both were believed to have died from a drug overdose, although medical examiners are still working to determine their causes of death. Um, they were discovered after police were called to do a wellness check on Wednesday. And um, she, it, it's devastating to hear because if you were a longtime listener to the shows that we do here, I had the pleasure of interviewing her about 12 years ago, I believe, for the 401 Lounge. You could not find a nicer person than Jesse. And even though she was late, this was back in the days when we did 30-minute shows. And I believe I was so excited about it and couldn't believe that I was able to get her on. And this was around the time that she was doing her movie Fighters. And um, I had to stall for about 10 or 12 minutes. And then finally, when I saw the number pop up, was so excited because I knew it was a chance to get a chance to talk to Jesse Jane. And you could not have someone who was, she didn't have to do this show. Um, you know, as I say about a lot of people who come on, who am I? You know, and um, her people had set it up as to where she came on. And she was so nice to talk about that and some other things. And unfortunately, I wish we had had longer time to talk with her. And about a year or two later, I remember going uh, to Exotica here in Chicago because I knew that she was in town. And I had mentioned when I saw her about the show and she remembered it and it was so sweet. And when I saw her the following year, she, I, I'm, I know she sees a lot of people and somehow, some way she kind of remembered me, but she didn't kind of like quite know who, cause I know she deals with a lot of different people, but she kind of remembered me. She's like, Hey, you know, and as soon as I kind of mentioned the show, she had, it came back to her and she remembered it. And it was so heartbreaking because she was only 43 years old. Um, say what you will about some of the things that probably happened in her life in the last few years. I know that there was a run-in with the law and there was a few other things that had occurred, um, but it does not take away from the person that was. And social media can be a cruel place uh, where even in death, people will say things about you um, that is just unfair. Um, but she was a person. She was a mother. She leaves behind, I believe, a 20-year-old son. Um, but like I said, when you know you interview someone, you know, so often, even if it's one time, you kind of remember uh, those interviews because it's something that they don't have to do what they did, and even then, they could come on and give you short answers and you know not be, you know, a good interview. It's happened a couple of times. You probably have heard those shows. But she came on and was just so nice. And like I said, to see her uh, in person, um, you're just awestruck by the beauty that was inside and out. And I heard nothing from other people over the last few days about just how nice she was. And it's just uh, devastating in which you lose someone so young and you hope that um, they are at peace and that they rest in peace. And so I just want to kind of say tonight, um, you know, even though I've, I haven't said it enough, but to thank you to her um, for even helping to push this show along in its early days. And she didn't have to, but she did. And it's just a shame to hear about that. And 
condolences to her family and friends um, who are now left um, with the life that was way too short. Um, so rest in peace, Jesse. Um, with that, uh, my friend, do you have any shout outs tonight? Um, I do, but now I feel like, hmm, maybe we should take a moment because I know how much she was an impact on you and on the show. And I, I, I remember you talking about how great she was and how much you remembered. And maybe we should just take a moment and do that before I do my shout outs because my shout outs are in stark contrast to what, what this was about. Well, I will tell you, uh, you know, one of the things and one of the, uh, <laughs> and this is what I would say, I'm pretty sure, because if you go back and you watch anything with Jesse, Jesse was always about living life. And <laughs> um, someone had posted a clip of her the other day, and it was just like the most raunchiest things that could be said, but it was like so typical Jesse Jane. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was like, it was the perfect fit. And I remember I had someone in the last day actually, leave a comment. And one of the things that they said was she was just so full of life. And like I said, um, it is, it's sad that we, we lose one, but then again, I'm always remembering that we're blessed to have what we did and what we were able to, like I said, I didn't know her like that. I mean, but I've dealt with her and I've seen her numerous times and it just was just, just so shocking to see, you know, when I saw it, I thought it was probably something in which, you know, uh, something had happened again. You know, I think a few years ago, I actually had reached out to her to see about coming back on the show. Uh, and unfortunately, I did not get a response. Um, and I noticed she was probably going through some things, but um, yeah, it's just, it's such a shame. Um, and I know on this weekend of which it's AVN uh, for a lot of you out there uh, in Vegas, um, Say a prayer for her, but yeah, that's it's. He was all about fun, so I think that's uh, that's why I, I, I lead it into. I didn't want to end the show on a Motlin note, but I just want to make note of that before we actually got out of here this evening, because um, you know, as we go on with these shows, it's so. I'm grateful for anybody. I'm grateful for having you here every week. <laughs> I'm grateful for anybody that comes on the show. They don't have to do it. I mean, it's, it's just a little small podcast that tries, <laughs> like we think we can. So anybody that comes on, it's, I'm indebted. Um, and like I said, that's the one thing I remember about the show. I didn't think she was going to show. <laughs> I was shocked that it happened. I, I think I wrote her people uh, at the uh, video company that she was with. They were like, oh, yeah. And they were like, we even sent over the video for you to like watch that you have questions. And um, I watched it. I was actually taken away at just how good it was. Uh, I think she talked about how they had, had to train or the boxing uh, parts of that. So this was just some, you know, prototypical, like, adult movie. I mean, he actually did training for it, and blood, sweat, and tears. So it was, uh, I remember telling her, I thought she was going to get an AVN nomination, which she did, didn't win, but uh, I thought she was going to get one. Um, but, yeah, she came on, and for that 15, 20 minutes, boom, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, no, just so sad to hear about that, so... Uh, but yeah, but, uh, this has been one of those weeks, you know, it's, uh, we're thankful for what is, and we're always thankful for everybody that, you know, listens. So, 
Uh, you can actually hear that show. It is somewhere within <laughs> all of these shows. You'll have to scan. Or if you just go online and you probably type in Jesse Jane 411 Lounge, unfortunately, you'll hear me at living for about 10 or 12 minutes, but finally at that halfway mark, she does make her way on. I hate it back then. We only had 30 minutes because <laughs> now I'm like, dang it. If we only had longer time and now we've got all the time in the world. So uh, I wish back then I would have had longer than 30 minutes. It's kind of like the, the clock had to tell us, nope, we're done. But Hey, just like this one, but yes. So, I know you got a lot of shout-outs. Um, so what are your shout-outs for this evening? Um, three birthdays. Um, so, yeah, so I've got uh, sister, brother-in-law, but brother. I don't care about that in-law part. Um, uh, my good friend has a birthday coming up um, with twin, of course. So that's does that count as? Four birthdays, then. Uh, yep, that's four birthdays. And then, and then I have a um, a anniversary. My my parents have Ooh. an anniversary, and they're they're getting dangerously close to fifty years. And to be Ooh. with somebody for half a is insane in my brain, in my mind. But like, <laughs> you don't see that anymore insane in the membrane um it's just you don't see that anymore and like to to be able to do that i know that sounds weird but to have that kind of longevity is something to admire and that not maybe not admire but at least acknowledge so that's coming up as well um and oh no i have five birthdays (laughs) <laughs> Darn you, February people! Five <laughs> birthdays. There you go. My uncle Mike's coming up. Well, I know in the month of February, yeah, there's a ton of birthdays in the month of February. I'll get around to those next weekend. Um, it is quite a bit. Uh, I know. I don't know yet what we'll do for my birthday weekend show. I don't know. Um, <laughs> It's I I will I will have to make that decision. So um it will probably be something nerdy, so I'm giving you guys a heads up now. Um <laughs> <laughs> I might just throw out the scripts. We might go old school, we just do it old school. Or we don't have any like stories, we just do it like pretty much we'll do it by the seat of our pants. I kind of love those shows. So, um, but yeah, no, and maybe we can, uh, hopefully bring in our friends on Twitch. So, um, maybe just maybe. So yes, but, uh, no, you know what my question is for people who get close and, um, uh, when you're married for that long, there's gotta be a point (laughs) in which, you probably stop listening to like everything that that person says. Like you just like ignore most of it because you know if it's gonna get under your skin, you pretty much are like, eh, whatever. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Maybe. Uh, I know that my my pops, my dad has often said to me, you know, however, whenever the anniversary comes up, and I go, hey, happy anniversary. That's one more year. And he's just like, yep, however many years. But they're like, let's say, well, on the 40th. We'll use the 40th as an example. 40 mm-hmm. blissful years. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say that while, like, gritting his teeth. Oh. Really. As long as you say living the dream. Uh. Yeah, exactly. It's it's one of those things where I think it's, and and I'm saying this with, I know they love each other, and I know they hate each other, and I know they can't stand each other, and I think they absolutely need each other. It's one of those, like, they have found their person, and it gets under their skin because they can. It's, It's their best friend. It's you know, that person that knows every dark little secret. And I think that it's something, it's something, there's something very sweet about it. As much mm-hmm. as I, my dad makes fun of it. There's something very sweet about that. And there's, there's something endearing about it. So like, so I'm, I'm really excited about that, but yeah, we are at 48 years. So two more years. Ooh. Wow. I know. It's kind of like somebody like poking you in the shoulder, like, "Hey, hey, hey!" Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or it's kind of like the Family Guy clip where Stewie's like, "Mom, mom, mommy, ma, ma." Yep. And it's just like after a while, you just know how to like ignore it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, what? <laughs> like, I know there's got to be like you know just like a selective hearing at that point where you're just like, "Yeah, I know what they're gonna say. They're gonna say this. They're gonna act like this." And then at that point, I just ignore it. So, yeah. Yep. Ah, love it. Love it. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of birthdays, a lot of February birthdays. Um, Y'all know what's going on. Yeah. It's Aquarius <laughs> season, man. It's it's that time. Uh, and like I said, I'll shout out quite a few uh, when we get close to it. But, um, um, but yeah, that's it's quite a bit. Uh, actually, the ninth. I know we'll be with you next Friday night. The ninth so far. I think we will. Um, might be an asterisk. Question mark. <laughs> Question mark. But we'll let you know as we get closer. Um, so, as long as uh, we are here, we'll be. I know we'll be with you next Friday night. In the meantime, I want to thank all of you for listening. Uh, whether you listen to us here on Spotify or on Apple or on uh, iHeartRadio, wherever you may be tonight, uh, especially for our friends overseas, thank you for staying up with us. (laughs) Uh, Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week ahead. Uh, Hopefully by the time that we meet, the groundhog will forecast early spring. And um, the weather wherever you may be, at least have at least a ray of sunshine. So uh, for Mary, I am LeVar. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time on page one. LeVar and Mary, take care of yourselves and each other, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Thanks for listening to Page One. Page One. Page One. 
Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms where we can be found. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.